All right, guys, welcome back to our teaching in the book of Genesis. Now, the last time we were here in chapter 43, we remember that the famine had become so severe that it was time for Jacob to send his son back into Egypt once again for a return visit back to Egypt to buy grain. But we remember that the first time that they had gone down into Egypt to buy grain, they were accused by Joseph, whom they did not remember, did they not recognize as their brother, but they were accused by Joseph that they were spies. And all of this was about testing them, which, which to be precise, this was Joseph's first test of the brothers. But nevertheless, he accused them of being spies. And so he held their brother Simon, uh, in prison and allowed them to go back home and take the grain for their families back home once again. But the test uh, of whether or not they were spies would be that he would keep Simon in prison until they should bring their younger brother, who would be Benjamin, to bring their younger brother Benjamin before Joseph to prove that they were not spies. And then after such proof, they would be allowed to trade in the land, that is simply to buy grain that they needed. Remember, the famine that Joseph had predicted would last seven years and it would be seven years of great severity. But nevertheless, so they went back home. They told their father about these things, how even Simon himself was imprisoned by Joseph. They were accused of, be, as, of being spies. And of course, this broke Jacob's heart. And he believed that he had now lost a second son. The first son, Joseph, who we know is still alive, and now Simon. So they all found that they had all of the money back in their packs, in their sacks from their animals, along with the food. And so they were bewildered by this particular event. But nevertheless, and they had thoughts in their minds that this was because God had judged them because of how they mistreated Joseph. But so they continued. Uh, Jacob Reuben, I'm sorry, let me deal with that one. Reuben volunteered on the life of his lives, should we say, of his two sons that he would be surety to bring Simon back if Jacob would send Benjamin. But Jacob was unwilling to send Benjamin. Remember, Benjamin is the son of his favorite wife, Rachel, the full brother of Joseph. Okay, so that's the whole idea. He was unwilling to send Benjamin back to them to get grain from Egypt or even the idea back to Egypt as proof of what his brothers had said concerning themselves that they were not spies. He was unwilling to do that. And so he completely shut that down. Now, remember, in time, if the famine continues, they're going to soon deplete their supplies. They ate up all the food because the famine was severe. And that's where we were in chapter 43. So the famine was very severe. And so then Jacob looks at his sons and says, it's time to buy grain again from Egypt. And so of course he's reluctant to do that. And then he is reminded by Judah about how Joseph, the man, you know, one under Pharaoh, they didn't still recognize him as their brother. The man had adamantly told them, if you do not bring your brother, you will not see my face. And so Judah uh, uh, became surety. He said, I tell you what you do. You send, send us down. We'll go down. You send Benjamin down. 
I'll take care of Benjamin. I will bring Benjamin back. And if I don't bring Benjamin back, you hold me responsible for this thing. And so Jacob reluctantly did so, but he also devised some sort of a plan to appease Joseph. So he told them not only take the money back. Remember, they found the money in their sacks from the first visit. But not only take that money back, but also take additional monies with you and take some of the best things of the land as a gift for the man. And this was done to appease Joseph so that he would not keep Benjamin, Jacob's favorite son, and hopefully also as well, release Simon from prison and send him back as well with his brothers. So with Judah being surety for Jacob, they went on their way. When they got down to Egypt again uh, uh, to trade once again, this time they were told they would have dinner with Joseph and they became very surprised at this. As a matter of fact, it was an unnerving thing. And they said, surely it's because of the money that we had in our sacks. OK, and so they began to plead with Joseph's household servant, saying, trying to explain all of the events. We did everything that we were supposed to do. When we got home, we found out the money was in our sack. And so we brought the money back and here it is. And here is also additional money to pay. And so Pharaoh, I'm sorry, Joseph's household servant calmed them down. Be at peace. Your God has blessed you, so to speak. You're okay. Just come on in and eat. So they prepared Joseph's brothers. And then Joseph came in and he saw Benjamin his brother. Remember, that's the baby boy and Joseph's full brother. All right. And when he saw, saw Benjamin, he began to be moved. And so of course, of course he began to ask them whether or not this is as if he didn't know, is this your younger brother whom you said, uh, uh, is, is this your younger brother that you told me about? And then he began to also inquire about that old man, the father, that is Jacob. And so uh, once they did all of that, Joseph got overrun with emotions. And so he had to leave momentarily because he started crying. He got himself together, came back, commanded his servants to serve the meal. They set everybody in their separate places to begin to eat the meal. And thus began Joseph's second test as he put them in order. And uh, according to their births, uh, Benjamin being last, of course, he commanded his servants to tell, to give Benjamin five times as much as he gave the rest of the brothers and no, and Joseph sitting apart from them could look at them and see how they would respond to this. This was the second test and these tests, first test, as well as the second test reverberate around the comment of Joseph's brothers. When Joseph accused him of being spies and they said to Joseph, we are honest men. And this is what the test of Joseph was all about. Are you indeed honest men? That is, are you indeed changed men, changed men from the brothers who wanted to kill me when they saw me from the brothers who were envious of me and from the brothers who sold me into slavery? Are you indeed changed men? Okay. So now with that, we're going to move into chapter 44. And now it is time for them to go uh, uh, leave their time to depart from Joseph from the second time of buying food. And we're going to discover Joseph's third test. OK, so now without any further ado, let's just go into chapter 44. 
Then he commanded his house servants, saying, fill the men's sack with food as much as they can carry and put each man's money in the mouth of his sack. Put my cup, the silver cup in the mouth of the sack of the youngest and his money for the grain. And he did as Joseph had told him. As soon as it was light, the men were sent away. They with their donkeys. They had just gone out of the city and were not far off when Joseph said to his house steward, up, follow the men. And when you overtake them, say to them, why have you repaid evil for good? Is not this the one from which my Lord drinks and which he indeed uses for divination? You have done wrong in doing this. So he overtook them and spoke these words to them. Then they said to him, why does my Lord speak such words as these? Far be it from your servants to do such a thing. Behold, the money which we found in the mouth of our sacks, we have brought back to you from the land of Canaan. How then could we steal silver or gold from the house from your Lord's house? With whomever your servant is found, let him die. And we also will be my Lord's slave. So he said, now let it also be according to your words. He with whom it is found shall be my slave and the rest of you shall be innocent. Then they hurried. Each man lowered his sack to the ground and each man opened his sack. He searched beginning with the oldest and ending with the youngest. And the cup was found in Benjamin's sack. Then they tore their clothes. And when each man loaded his donkey, they returned to the city. All right. So now remember the last setting that we had in chapter 43, where they were eating in a very happy mood. And remember also too the very purpose for which they had come down to Egypt again, which was to buy grain. So the meal was over. The next morning had come about and Joseph commanded his servants to basically do the same thing that they did the last time, which was to give them as much food as that they could, that they could carry. Of course, food for their families, food for themselves, provision for themselves along the way, and also return their monies back in their sack. But now this time he told them to do something quite peculiar. This was the third test. He said, take my silver cup and whatever it was, it was a it must have been a common drinking cup because clearly the servant, Joseph's household servant, knew which cup that he was referring to. He said, take this cup and put it in the sack of the youngest brother. Remember, he had already identified Benjamin and because the brothers were set in order of their ages. And so, of course, the household servant obeyed and he gave them put all their put their provisions in their sack and put the cup in Benjamin's sack. And so he told them, allow them to leave, give them a chance to leave out of out of the city. And so by the time they've gone to space, go and catch up with them. And when you catch up with my brothers, I want you to accuse them and say to them, why have you repaid uh, good with evil? And in other words, my master Joseph has been good to you. Why have you done such a thing and said and taken the cup that he uses uh, uh, to drink from and to divine from? But anyway, and the idea of to divine from that is basically some sense of supernatural knowledge It is basically an idolatrous act 
to attain some type of supernatural knowledge of things or events by virtue of using this cup. Now, that is not to say of course, Joseph did not do this because we know Joseph was a worshiper of Yahweh, the true God. But this was simply done to heighten the aura and mystique around the person of Joseph. But anyway, so he told them to accuse his brothers of doing such a thing. So this happened. The brothers were allowed to go outside of town a little bit. And by the time that they reached the borders of the town, the servant caught up with them and made the accusations. The brothers were indignant in a sense in the accusations. The idea is we're still and we're honest men. And they said to the servant, how could we do such a thing? Weren't we honest enough to even bring back the money that was placed in our sack from the last time that we found it? We're honest men. And so they continue to say that I tell you what, you can search us and whomsoever you find the money uh, uh, in his sack, that one shall die and the rest of us shall be your slaves. Okay. And they said this because they were adamantly, they were absolutely certain that this cup would not be found by on any of them. And that's why they gave such a statement as that. Okay. And so, okay. The, the household steward said, no, no, whomever I find the cup, this one will be my slave. The rest of you guys can go free. And so now comes the searching part and each of the brothers, they quickly uh, uh, lowered their sacks to the ground and opened it up so that the steward could be, he could begin examining their goods. And so they're, they're, they're just, they know it won't be found. So they quickly do this thing. And so the steward starts searching their sacks and to heighten again, uh, the development of the scenes and to give it some emotional height and depth. He searches, starting with the oldest one. He searches, of course, he know, he already knows where the cup is in Benjamin's sack, but he heightens it. So he starts searching from the eldest boy, nothing, all the way down till he finally gets to Benjamin's sack. And when he opens up Benjamin's sack, when, after he searches Benjamin's sack, Ta-da! There is the cup. And so, of course, they are all dismayed at what has taken place now. And so with this, you can imagine with great despair, great despair, they begin to return into Egypt. OK, and as they return to Egypt, no doubt what is working in their minds is the effect that this would have on their father. That is Jacob. Remember, Jacob was exceptionally hesitant in sending back Benjamin, his baby boy. If you'll let me say it this way, his new favorite son because of his favorite wife, Rachel. He had lost Joseph. He didn't want to lose Benjamin. And guess what has now happened? I be doggone cuppers and Benjamin said, we have lost Benjamin. And so now let's continue on with the rest of the story as they return back to the city and face Joseph, or as they go, they're going to think they're going to face the wrath of Joseph. Okay. So now here we are. Uh, verse number, I believe, let's just start at 13. Then they tore their clothes. And when each man loaded his donkey, they returned to the city. When Judah and his brothers came to Joseph's house, he was still there and they fell to the ground before him. Joseph said to them, what is this deed that you have done? Do you not know that such a man as I 
can indeed practice divination? So Judah said, what can we say to my Lord? What can we speak? How can we justify ourselves? God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Behold, we are my Lord's slaves, both we and the one in whose possession the cup has been found. But he said, far be it from me to do this. The man in whose possession the cup has been found, he shall be my slave. But as for you, go up in peace to your father. Then Judah approached him and said, O oh my Lord, may your servant please speak a word in my Lord's ears and do not be angry with your servant for you are equal to Pharaoh. My Lord asked his servant saying, have you a father or a brother? We said to my Lord, we have an old father and the little child of his old age. Now his brother is dead. So he alone is left of his mother and his father loves him. Then you said to your servant, bring him down to me that I might set my eyes on him. But we said to my Lord, the lad cannot leave his father, for if he should leave his father, his father would die. You said to your servants, however, unless your younger, youngest brother comes down with you, you will not see my face again. Thus it came about when we went up to your servant, my father, we told him the words of my Lord. Our father said, go back, buy us a little food. But we said we cannot go down if our youngest brother is with us. Then we will go down for we cannot see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us. Your servant, my father said to us, you know that my wife bore me two sons and the one went out from me and I said, surely he is torn in pieces and I have not seen him since. If you take this one also from me and harm befalls him, you will bring my gray hair down to Sheol in sorrow. Now, therefore, when I come to your servant, my father, and the lad is not with us, since his life is bound up in the lad's life, when he sees that the lad is not with us, he will die. Thus your servants will bring the gray hair of your servant, our father, down to Sheol in sorrow. For your servant became surety for the lad to my father saying, if I do not bring him back to you, then let me bear the blame before my father forever. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad, a slave to my Lord, and let the lad go up with his brothers. For how shall I go up to my father if the lad is not with me for fear that I shall see the evil that would overtake my father? Okay, guys. That part almost brought me to tears. <laughs> but anyway, so what happened? So they go back, they tore their clothes. And this is an act of grief and sorrow. And when they go back to the house, Joseph is already there at his own house waiting. Remember, because Joseph has set all of this in play. So he's expecting them to be brought back. So they go back to the house. And when they go back to the house, they fall down before Joseph. And here is where Judah takes the lead and, and Judah begins to beg and plead for his brothers 
and for the lad that is for Benjamin's sake. And so as they began to come in, Judah begs jo Joseph and he begins to give a long explanation of the events. All of these things we already know, but in the rehearsal of Judah, he simply begins to say, you know, we don't understand it. And, and one of the key things that he said is this in verse number 16, what can we say to my Lord? What can we speak? In other words, there's nothing we can say to justify us. This cup was found. I don't know what to say, but notice Judah says these words. God has found out the iniquity of your servants. Judah said this out loud. He had no idea that was Joseph he was talking to. But in other words, Judah was talking about their iniquity, their sins concerning Joseph. And Judah is simply saying that God is punishing the brothers for what they did to Joseph. Judah is literally out loud confessing their sins. And that's a beautiful thing that Joseph is, Joseph, I'm sorry, Judah is doing. Remember the whole scenario is playing out around the thing. We are changed men. The whole idea of all of Joseph's tests, test number one, uh, hold Simon, see what you do. Test number two, uh, uh, to give Benjamin a fivefold portion, examine them for envy, jealousy. Test number three, now to see what they are going to do. Will they protect Benjamin? And Judah now has stepped up to the plate and Judah has confessed. We've done wrong with our first brother. Oh my God, God is judging us. And so Judah now begins to plead for his father because he doesn't want to see his father go down to its grave in sorrow because they have lost Benjamin. He pleads for his other brothers because he doesn't want to see them all enslaved. He pleads for Benjamin because he wants to bring Benjamin back. So he rehearses the story to Joseph, a story that Joseph is well aware of, how they came before him and he told them about the father, told them about the younger brother, told them about all of these things, how Joseph himself kept, kept Simon in jail and how he wanted to bring back the lad as proof that they weren't spies, how that the old man was reluctant to send the younger child, Benjamin, back with him, but because the land was so famished, a uh, uh, famine had hit the land so strongly, he reluctantly sent Benjamin back and how that Judah became surety for the safety of Benjamin because if anything happened to Benjamin, Jacob would surely die. And how when they came back into the land, that is Egypt to buy grain. And now we got this particular situation here. And now what can we say that this has happened? This cup of, 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 of Joseph has been found. And notice once again, what did Joseph say about the cup as he was building up also to the aura of his statue? Do you not know that a man such as I can divine? He said, of course, again, Joseph is not practicing idolatry, but the idea is as some great figure. And again, look at the scene and the scenario, how the brothers are bowing down in their not worship of Joseph, but in their obeisance and their respect 
respect to Joseph because of his great authority. And even as they said to him, you are second unto Pharaoh, you are likened unto Pharaoh. So all of that is a part of fulfilling of Joseph's dream. What is that? Genesis chapter 37. But nevertheless, now in this third test, so what does he say in Judas pleading? Because remember, it was Judah who was surety before Jacob in his pleading. He says, do this. He says, do this. Take me as a slave. Make me your slave. But as far as the rest of my brothers, especially Benjamin, the lad, send him back to my father, because if anything happens to Benjamin, I don't know how I could live with myself because I would bring my father down into the sorrows of death. The most beautiful thing that I've ever heard from Judah, the same Judah, what you have to understand is this. Judah is not some single man. Remember, Judah may have remarried. We don't know that. But Judah had a family of his own. He was willing to sacrifice himself lose his family, lose everything, trade places with Benjamin so that, and be a slave for the rest of his life, for the rest of his life in order that Benjamin could go free. It indicated ben Judah's love for his father, Jacob, his love for his other brothers, his love even for Benjamin. In other words, Test number three, we are honest men. Indeed, have you changed? The answer is yes. They passed test number one, two, and now three with flying colors. They have proved themselves to be men who have now changed. All right, guys, thanks for joining me with that one. I almost personally became emotional as I thought about Judah and all of the things that he was giving up and how God and how he has worked in the lives of those young men to change them all. And that is a wonderful story an uplifting story for each one of us, no matter how awful we may have been in the past, no matter what bad things that we ourselves have done in the past. God, if he can change brothers who were intent upon killing their own flesh and blood, if he could change brothers who sold their own brother into slavery as he was crying in the pit of a cistern, if God could change them, and it was Judah, remember, it was his bright idea to sell him as a slave, Joseph. And if God could change them, he could change anybody, anybody. He could change you. He could change me. All right, guys. Again, thanks me for joining me on that one. Join me next time when we get into chapter 45, and then we will see the reuniting, or should I dare say, the rediscovery that Joseph is still alive and the brothers reunite. See you next time.